Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio. If you want to ask Joe Fortenbaugh any gambling questions, by the way. Hey, Joey. Get in line now on the Dr. Pepper call-in line, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Good morning, Key. Good morning, Jay. What's up, baby? Good morning for the, what is this, third, fourth time today we say good morning? Um, I'm very interested to know what's going on with all our bets and how that's all shaking out. Key and Jay taking wild swings. I'm taking the conservative approach. You guys want to know? Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's bring in Joe first. Okay. Hey, Joe. Because I have Joe's results, too. What's up, Joe? What's going on, Joe? Hey, boys. How you doing this morning? Good. So, another good week. I wanted to bring Joe in because Joe had another perfect week. He's now got back-to-back perfect weeks. So, Joe won $15 to move up to $125.70. This is in our house money segment. Guys will make their picks in a little bit. Uh, Max, another another week in the red. That's three straight. It, it's it's like a death <laughs> by a thousand paper cuts, though, because you only <laughs> lost forty five cents. Forty five cents. You won one bet. You lost one bet because of the juice. You get a blow pop for that, or a piece of gum, or something. Uh, so Max is down to ninety one forty nine. Uh, Keith, tough week. You lost fifty four dollars and forty three cents. So you're down to 158.85, and then Jay Jay's now in first place. Another good week for Jay after after losing money week one. Jay won twenty one dollars eighty eight cents. He's up to two fourteen thirty three. So those are their house money results. Guys will make their picks in a little bit. Mm. Joe, I feel you coming though. So I'm just you know once again just fading bets over here, man. The tortoise and the hare, slow and steady wins the race. This is a grind, boys. Eighteen week season. All right, so we've been talking today, Joe, about Justin Fields being named the starter of the Bears going forward. Um, what's, what's the effect? What effect does that have on the Bears in Vegas? So I talked to a couple bookmakers about this a couple weeks ago when Fields was getting that start at Cleveland in place of an injured Andy Dalton, and I wanted to know what the difference was to the point spread, and essentially it was nothing. There was no movement whatsoever. If anything was going to happen, it was going to be because maybe the Chicago public was really excited about backing him, or maybe the opposition was really excited about betting against him. But the reality was the bookmakers didn't see much of a difference between Dalton and Fields. That's not to say Fields isn't any good, but for all the talent he may have that surpasses Andy Dalton, the experience is going to be the thing that brings them back together. So now here we are in a game against the Raiders. Raiders opened four for this game at the beginning of the week. They are now a five and a half point favorite. So it is Raider money that's been coming in on the market after the news that Justin Fields would be the starter. As good as the Bears may have looked last week against Detroit, keep this in mind, that Bears offensive line is brutal. And as Keyshawn can tell you, bad offensive lines get exposed on the road. We saw it with the Bears at Cleveland. We could see it against the Raiders this weekend. So the money coming in on the silver and black for week five. Joe, what line are you absolutely staying away from this week? They're a handful. The NFL is really tightening up. We've got a few weeks under our belt now. We have an understanding of who looks good, who doesn't. One that originally jumped out to me that I liked was catching four points with Philadelphia at Carolina. I think a lot of people were watching the Panthers early in the season. We saw this great defense. We were all very excited about what they were doing. And then they got shellacked at Dallas. And you realized perhaps the defense was built up a little bit 
on the fact that they hadn't really played anybody. So now they go and they get beat by Dallas. They get set to host Philadelphia. There might be some value on the Eagles. But then two things happen. Stephon Gilmore gets traded to Carolina, although it doesn't look like he's going to play this week. But we heard the same thing about Richard Sherman in that game between the Patriots and the Buccaneers, and he ended up starting. And then at the same time, Christian McCaffrey is back at practice right now. So I'm staying away from that matchup at the moment. I like the Eagles originally. Now I've got to pause. We'll see what happens. If you're going to play it, though, you got to play it at three and a half or better. So I, I, I got to ask you about this Denver matchup versus the Steelers. Obviously, a lot of stuff around Big Ben, whether he can move in the pocket. That O-line is, is tough. Broncos, what happens with Teddy Bridgewater? Concussion protocol. It's minus one. I mean, they're a one-point favorite for Pittsburgh, games in Pittsburgh. What do you think? Yeah, so a lot of variables with this game, which you touched on. The key is going to be the health of Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, Much more conservative Denver offense with him in there. Better protecting the football than Drew Locke. Last year, with Drew Locke as a starting quarterback, Denver was dead last in turnover differential and number one in giveaways. Very sloppy with the football. That's not all on Locke, but as the quarterback, a lot of that's going to be on Locke. So Bridgewater gets the job because he's playing behind a great defense. They can run the football a little bit. They're in a situation where they need a quarterback who can move the sticks and manage games. And Teddy brings that to him. But now that he, there's uncertainty regarding his health, whether or not he's going to play this weekend, you see some of this in flux. I'm hesitant to do anything with the Steelers at this point. Because last week we were talking about that game against the Packers. And the Packers at one point were a seven-point favorite. And then Steeler money started coming in. Knocked it down to six and a half. Knocked it down to six. And you thought to yourself, this might be the game where Pittsburgh gets right. And then they go out and they play dreadful football again. I mean, how much more do we need to see from Pittsburgh before we realize they're not a good football team? They can't play the quarterback position. They can't move the ball with consistency. They can't score with consistency. And in a lot of these games, they're really struggling to get anything going. So unders would be the play for me. The total has been dipping because this is going to be two good offenses, or excuse me, two good defenses with offenses who might struggle to move the ball down the field. Total's very low, but I'd be looking to the under here. What's the best play tonight in tonight's game? All right, so this is a tricky one because the Rams opened as a very small underdog for this game, depending on where you looked. It was Seattle minus one. It's been nothing but Rams money, moving this thing all the way to Rams minus two and a half. So you're talking about laying close to a field goal on the road, short week, Thursday night, and of all places, you're doing it in Seattle with that hostile environment. But all that being said, look at what the Rams and Sean McVay have done when they come off a loss. McVay has been a wizard at getting his teams to bounce back. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but I think in his history as the head coach of the Rams, he's something like 13-4 and coming off a loss. He's profitable against the spread, and he's winning these games by an average of just shy of nine points per game. That's how much he's outscoring the opposition. So they have done a really nice job bouncing back. And I can't help but think there's trouble in paradise with Seattle. I know they won last week against San Francisco. That, to me, was more the Niners giving that game away with horrible decision-making than it was Seattle taking it from them. They needed to go out and make those plays, but there are issues on the Seattle defense. There are issues... On offense, especially when the third quarter starts, they finally got right against the Niners, but they have not come out of the half and played very well. And I'm wondering at what point we're going to start questioning whether or not Pete Carroll's the man for the job moving forward. That's probably going to be a discussion further down the line if Seattle continues to slip up. I do like the Rams tonight. It's not one of my favorite plays, but I would play the Rams, and I'd also look a little bit to the under here. I don't know that the Rams are going to have an explosive offensive performance with that crowd noise, and I don't know how much Seattle's going to be able to get going, going up against that Ram defense who was just 
humiliated by Kyler Murray and the Cardinals last week. Um, Joe, I am heading uh, on a flight out to Vegas tonight because Saturday is the Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder, the third installment in what would be so far their trilogy. What do you like? What's the, what's the play in that fight to you? So Fury opened up as a pretty sizable favorite. He was minus 300, which means risk 300 to win 100. That has since come down to about minus 270. What I would do is I like Fury to win the fight, but I don't want to lay minus 270 because even though he's got the edge over Wilder, Wilder's got that extraordinary one-punch knockout power. And, and, and there's a big-time risk with that if he can connect on one. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to limit my risk. I'm going to play Fury to win by knockout, technical knockout, or DQ. You get all three of those bundled together, and it's a price of minus 110. So instead of laying 270 to win 100, you only have to risk $110 to win 100. Now, the downside, if this fight goes to the cards, I end up losing. But if Fury's able to stop this fight at any point with the win, I get the win. Look at the over-under for this fight, Max. It's seven and a half. The bookmakers are telling you they don't necessarily see this thing going the distance. We see over-unders in fights at 10 and a half, 11 and a half. Floyd Mayweather fights were routinely listed very high up in the 10s and 11s because they knew those fights were going to the cards. At seven and a half, this looks like it's not going to go the distance, at least based on the way it's priced. Fury's ring intelligence, his ring savvy, and he's shown the chin that's been able to take a shot from Wilder before, I would play Tyson Fury minus 110 to win by knockout, technical knockout, or disqualification. I think it's a very good idea. Not only is he coming off the win by knockout where he dominated the whole fight against Wilder, but he's 40 yeah. pounds bigger than Wilder. If you're going you're gonna to give me that value on a guy who just knocked out the other guy and is 40 pounds bigger, I think that's the right play, Joe. I agree. Uh, we have calls. Calls for Joe Fortenbaugh. You, have some, you need some... You need some gambling advice? 888-SAY-ESPN, 729-3776. Corey in New York. Hey, guys. Hey, Joe. Hey, I had a question on a survival pick. Is the Titans a good move this week, or would you lean the Cowboys instead? So that was Cowboys-Giants, or did he say Titans at the beginning there? He said, which one do you like better, Joe? Do you like the Titans this week, or do you like the Cowboys? I would play the Titans. I'd lay the four. I mean, take a look at the situation in Jacksonville. You think anyone there is focused on X's and O's? You think anyone there is focused on Tennessee coming to town this week? Dallas has been fantastic this year. It's not to take anything away from them. The number has been coming against them. They were favorites up around eight, eight and a half. That's now down to seven. So there's money coming in on the Giants. NFCE showdown. You always have to take that stuff into account. Not to say they can't cover, but I'd happily lay the four with Tennessee. I know they're banged up at the wide receiver position, but I think Jacksonville's a mess from a coaching, cultural, locker room standpoint. And if you go inside the box score, and you have to do this every single week if you're going to get into this game, Look inside the box score because it's easy to see the final score that the Jets beat the Titans, right? But if you look at the box score, Tennessee outgained the Jets significantly. And in a lot of key metrics, Tennessee was better. By all accounts, Tennessee should have won that game, but they couldn't find a way to close. That's fine. Congratulations to the Jets. You went out and you earned it. You deserve that victory. But Tennessee wasn't as bad as they looked last week, and I think we get a good price on them here at minus four given all the instability in Jacksonville at the moment. All right. Thank you, Joe. That's Joe Fortenbaugh, ladies and gentlemen, here on Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max. Um, that's We have to do house money. Excuse me, Joe. We have to do house money. Yes. We did the calls. We got to do house money. 
but it's not time for house money. Let's do another call. Austin, Virginia, uh, has a has a question for you. Jim. Hello, Austin. Yes, I was uh, wondering about Chris Carson and the over under rushing yards. Go ahead, Joe. I haven't really take, taken much of a look at that for tonight's game. My thought process with how this is going to play tonight is I know Carson's been battling some injuries, but at the same time, I think the game script from a point spread standpoint and a total standpoint is A, the Rams probably get the lead in this game, and B, they're in a situation where they force Seattle to throw the ball late in an effort to come back and win it. Carson's been very hit or miss, in my opinion, over the last couple of years. If I'd look to anything, I'd be looking to the under, but I haven't dove into that number all that much as of yet. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. The Dr. Pepper call-in line. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio. Joe Fortenbaugh, our man in Vegas, on with us now. Larry in Maryland has a question for you, Joe. Larry in Maryland. Yes. Iowa or Penn State, Joe. All right. So this is one of the big showdowns this weekend. Penn State and Iowa. The money's been coming in on Iowa. The game was a pick em. It's been bumped up to around Iowa minus two, Iowa minus two and a half. You've also seen money coming in on the under. The total was up around 43 and a half, 44. It's since moved through the key number of 42 down to around 40 and a half or 41. 42 is important because seven points times six touchdowns puts you right on 42. So you want to make sure you're on the right side of that. That being said, since we're talking on Thursday and we want to try to find an angle, I don't have much for the side here. As a Penn State graduate, I'd be a homer if I came out and took the Lions, but I know that Kinnick has been a house of horrors for them over the years. I would look to the under in this game, believe it or not. You've got two top 10 defenses in terms of scoring, two top 10 defenses in terms of opponent yards per play. Iowa doesn't really have a lot of explosion on offense. I think it's going to be two teams feeling each other out early. It's going to be very much a grind in this game. I wanted to play the first half under. I was hoping for 21 points, but it wasn't there. It's only 20. So I'd look to the game under here, maybe a half unit wage. All right. Let's go to house money. Let's go to house money, Joe. House money delivered by FanDuel. Get your first bet risk-free when you sign up for FanDuel Sportsbook using promo code KJM. Key, you have uh, you have something on house money or no? Yeah, I'm, um, I think I'm going to switch it up a little bit. I'm going to spend some money on the fight. Uh, I'm going to go. Oh, we can bet all sports? It's just not bet so, football? So I'm allowing it this week. You can bet on the fight. There's a caveat. The fight is on ESPN Plus pay-per-view. You have to buy the fight in order to bet on it. That is the rule. How about if you're going to the fight? I don't want to bet on the fight because I'm working the fight. Yeah, I'm going so to I'm the not fight. Gonna, I'm not going to bet on the fight. Are you buying the fight? The fight is bought. Yeah. Okay. It's already taken care right. of. So, so like, I work at ESPN. Don't you think I have ESPN Plus? <laughs> <laughs> so make the bet. Best value going to ESPN. Yes, that is correct. ESPN Plus, you can see the fight. Um, I'm going to take – I'm just going to go with Tyson Fury. Fury. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. go with Tyson. What are you betting? 50 bucks. 50 on Tyson yeah. Fury. Yeah. 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 50 bucks. Joe, you go first. All right, so three NFL games this week. All three are going to be risk $5.50 in order to win $5. Bet number one is going to be Tennessee minus four over Jacksonville. Mm. I already gave you all the reasons why I'm going to play the Titans this week, so you can go ahead and put that one down. Number two is going to be the Chargers and the Browns 
under 47 total points. I think this is a high total considering the defenses you get in this matchup. Cleveland has been very good defensively this season. It's one thing to beat up on Justin Fields at home two weeks ago, but they just went to Minnesota and completely shut down Kirk Cousins and the Vikings after that opening drive. The Vikings were on their script. They went down the field and scored a TD, and then it was pretty much nothing the rest of the way out. Scoring defense, opponent yards per play, pressure rate, all that stuff. Cleveland's been fantastic. The Chargers have been very good as well. Every single Chargers opponent has put up their lowest point total of the season in their game against the Chargers. I know it's so it's still early, but Brandon Staley has done a fantastic job with this team. Pace metrics-wise, neither team is moving all that fast. Cleveland wants to run the ball. I think this one's going to be a tight defensive struggle, under 47 points between the Browns and the Chargers. And then finally, Sunday night, I'm going to put, I guess we'll go, yeah, 550. I want to play Buffalo plus three. But we're using Caesars lines, and it's two and a half there right now. There are some other shops that have three. If you want to play the Bills, get the three. If you want to play the Chiefs, it's got to be two and a half. That's a very important number. I like the Bills for a few reasons. Kansas City this year is number one in yards per play. It's no surprise. We know how great this offense is, 6.9 yards per play. What's interesting is that the defense is dead last in opponent yards per play at 6.9. Max and I talked about this yesterday. Kansas City's defense is essentially making every opponent look like Kansas City's offense. That's how bad they are on that side of the ball. Buffalo coming to town is one of the most balanced teams in the league. They were at Arrowhead for the AFC Championship game last year. That's not going to surprise them in terms of crowd noise or hostility. I think the Bills should be the favorite in the AFC right now. You can get them at a price of 8-1 to one to win the Super Bowl. I like them to go in and beat Kansas City. I'll take the 2.5 points, though, right now, based on where the line is. Okay, so I'll go $10 for the Raiders to cover. Raiders coming off that loss to the Chargers, coming back home. Bears, I think there's... A little extra expectations considering Justin Fields has now finally been named the starter moving forward. So I'll take the Bears to cover for 10. I'll take the Cardinals to cover minus five and a half, two at $10 versus the 49ers. Still don't believe in that secondary. I think the Cardinals are a special team. And then I'll go, uh, I'll go $10 for the Rams to cover versus the Seahawks as well. And then, Joe, I'm going to go with the under in that game, 54.5. I'll go another $10 in the under as well. I am going to take... Hey, I want everyone to notice what he's doing here. I want everyone to notice what he's doing. Now that he's built up that big lead, the bet sizes are coming down. Jay Will trying to protect that lead. Very smart. Yeah, he's running the ball. Very smart, Jay Will. He took some deep (laughs) shots. He built up a lead. Now he's running the ball. Um, I am taking... I love it. I'm also taking the Bills to beat the Chiefs. I'm 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 taking them on the money line to beat the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are going to two and three, and then they're going to win a whole bunch of games. But at this moment, I like the Bills in the mild upset there. I like the Pittsburgh Steelers to go to Denver and get the win. I'm taking the Steelers, so I'm putting five bucks. All these bets are five bucks. I'm putting five bucks on the Pittsburgh Steelers to win because bet. I don't think the steel. I think the Steelers are going to find some wins in this schedule. Teddy Bridgewater going to play, and I and right, and I I I look. Either way, I, Tomlin's not rolling over and having a three-win season. There's a win on the schedule. I think they can get it. I think they will. And unfortunately, as Joe said, the, the, the spread came a little closer, so it's not as good a bet. But I like the Giants to beat the spread, five bucks to beat the spread against the Cowboys on the road. Those are my three bets. Yeah, I'm going to take Green Bay to cover against Cincinnati. I'm going to lay 25 bucks on that. I'm going to take Tampa Bay to cover against the Dolphins. I'm going to lay 25 bucks on that. 
and then I'm gonna lay twenty five bucks on the Rams being able to cover Seattle tonight. There you go. There you if have I it. run out of money, I could borrow some from Jay. No, how much do you have? You still have over a hundred bucks, right? <laughs> yeah, he has a hundred. Yeah. Yeah, he has $158.85. Yeah, yeah. Right, he, he Joe? Was way up ahead. <laughs> we'll borrow some money. It's going to be interesting to see if Joe's slow but steady <laughs> professional, I'm betting 550 to win five every week, three bets, and he's going perfect, can beat, it's a tortoise in the hair, can beat the wild swings of Keyshawn and Jay Will. Joe, are you not betting the fight? <laughs> You're not betting the fight, Joe? Not in my top three, but like I said earlier, I would definitely play Fury minus 110. Uh, to win by KO, TKO, or DQ. I'm going to be down there. I'm going to try to see big time, see if he uh, gives me the stiff arm or if he's willing to shake the hand when we're down at T-Mobile on Saturday. I'm just kidding, Max, obviously. But, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play that. I'm, I'm going to be there. i got to have action on that we, we, fight. We're in Fury a pandemic, for sure. so I, I give a pound. Are, are That's you going to act you don't like need you don't hear hands. him saying, hey, Max, you're going to act I, like I did. you're going to do that? Yeah, yeah, probably. No, no. If I hear him, of course, but it's going to be a pound. We're not shaking hands. You're going to be looking right you're at him. Me, I didn't like shaking hands before all this germs. You know, who needs it? But a uh, pound for sure, Joe. <laughs> Absolutely. By the way, that's smart. The, Joe's All taking right. the bet where this doesn't go the distance and Tyson Fury wins. Any way that it doesn't go the distance and Tyson Fury wins, right, make that bet. He just saw it happen. Thank you, Joe. That's Joe Fortenbaugh on the Goodyear Hotline. Keyshawn, J. Will and Max presented by Progressive Insurance. Mac Jones has been better than the Patriots record says. So will he finally get a second win this Sunday? That's next. Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. I love how they sell Mac Jones, so they be selling it. Keyshawn, Man, he's, he's doing Jay, okay. Will, and Max. Yeah, Mac looks alright. You're not right. redrafting. Yeah, You're not doing all that redrafting stuff. You need to stop trying to play to it, uh, Jay. Stop, man. I don't, I don't get it though, Key. You're the one who says what you need to do with a young quarterback. He'll yeah, be fine. This is Key. He'll be re- fine. In that you just got to put your arms around him. Yes, in that team, New England, he's fine. Yeah. You redraft and he'll be number one overall. He's going to Jacksonville. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I get you but that doesn't change the fact that he's doing pretty well for a guy no, who just started. That, that wasn't the conversation, though, Max. The conversation, somebody, I don't know who it was. Sound like Hasselback or something. I think it was Greg McElroy. Was it Greg? I don't uh, They said Tim Hasselback. Oh, oh, you're you're objecting to the redrafting of it all. Yes. Yep. You're not redrafting and taking him over Trevor damn Lawrence. If they he's did well, redraft. He's well because of the system that he's in. There were five quarterbacks taken in the first round. If they did redraft, which court would he still be taken fifth? Based on everything we know. Probably. Mm-hmm. Probably. It fits perfect for what New England wants to do. Jacksonville's not taking that. They said number one overall. Let's be honest. Who, took the, who, who of those five took the biggest hit since the draft? I don't know. Zach Wilson? No, because San Francisco, I mean, San Francisco, 
Um, the Jets are – I mean, he's doing fine with the Jets. Jets don't have anything. Mm. You see, and I, I think Trey Lance fits way better into San Francisco's scheme because of how he can move with his feet than mm-hmm. Mac Jones would have fed into their scheme. Yeah. I think that was all smoke they and mirrors. They traded everything to get that Mac Jones. That was all – I'm going to show the whole time that was all smoke and mirrors. They, to they me. traded everything to get Mac Jones, and then guess what? I'm just curious. They like, didn't has, get Mac Jones. I'm curious. We've gotten some new information about the quarterbacks, right? Some of it, a little bit of new information. Mm-hmm. So based on that, Jay, if, you had, if they were redrafted, do they still go more or less in the same order? Does anything yes. drastic happen? I don't think anything drastic happens. I, I think, the only thing I would say is I think Zach Wilson's yeah, stock got hurt a little bit. Maybe. I would say maybe one of those other two, like a Trey Lance or a Justin Fields, may fall into the number two slot. I've never felt like Zach Wilson should have been number two, but that's just me. Yeah. What do I know? I'm just a guy who played 11 years and caught passes from a lot of quarterbacks. Matt Castle is with us on the Goodyear Hotline. Good morning, Matt. Good morning. What's going on, fellas? What's, What's up, Matt? Trojan? What 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 do you think of what Rogans. we're just what, what 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 do you think of what we're just talking about? I don't know if you heard it, Matt, but what like anything these quarterbacks have done in the the, the five who went in the first round would that change your opinion of their draft order in any way yet? You know what? I, I don't think so. I mean, you got Trevor Lawrence who's struggling with Jacksonville a little bit, but he actually played well against Cincinnati. He's still in the development phase. Zach Wilson. That's the one question mark that you'd have. Would would somebody instead try to tra- take a chance on a guy like Trey Lance? Because at the at the same time, Zach Wilson's a product of the system right now. He's got a first year offensive coordinator, brand new team. The run game's not great, and they're not protecting him real well. But he's also one of those guys that you can tell that he's got to go and mature the most early on this season because just watching him play and the chances that he's taken and some of the throws that he's made into defenses that he shouldn't be throwing it to and they created interceptions and turnovers. He's a guy that you have to see tremendous growth from Trey Lance. We haven't seen much from him, but I think he fits that San Francisco system real well. And Justin Fields is, as we'll see as, as time goes on, the first, first outing against Cleveland was absolutely terrible. They didn't help him out in any means, but he definitely improved this last week. When you look at quarterbacks as a whole, you played up in new England and you've had a chance to be around Tom Brady, play with Tom Brady, do all of those sort of things. What was your biggest takeaway as a whole uh, with the return of terrific Tom back to Foxborough? Oh, yeah, the prodigal son returned. There's no doubt about that. And with with that being said, it was interesting because you know that there had to be a lot of emotion. There had to be everything that went on in that game prior to it. He kind of had to keep himself in check. But when the game actually started, it was always interesting to watch how the game kind of played out because with the weapons and if you look at this game on paper you're thinking Tampa Bay should go out and handle this New England this New England Patriots team however they limited him to 53 per, I mean 51% completion percentage which is the worst that he's had since he's been part of the Buccaneers and he didn't throw a TD pass in the game so you know Bill Belichick came out they had a great defensive game plan I think that the rain helped out a little bit as well but at the end of the day I thought the Patriots put together their best performance collectively um, as a team against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Matt, speaking of the the Patriots, were you surprised at all by the move that they made by trading Gilmore? And, and what does that do for the Panthers' defense? You know, it's interesting because Stephon Gilmore and, you know, and the Patriots have been way off in terms of contract negotiations going back to even last year. And they tried to make him happy with the raise last year. But then at the end of the day, he goes on the pup, hasn't been on the field at all this year. And everybody was thinking, like, anticipating, actually, in two weeks getting him back on the field. But, again, 
I don't know where his health was. I don't know what the situation was, how far it had unraveled with management, with Bill, and with Stefan as well being a player. So I think that the trade was one of those situations where they looked at where they're at right now in the secondary, which they've been playing well collectively as a unit, and said it's time to move on. And that'll definitely help the Jacksonville. I mean, the excuse me, the Carolina Panthers and what they've been able to do because they've got a great defensive front. They put pressure on people, and on the back end, Stephon Gilmore will fit that fit that mold of defense very, very well. Matt Castle, former NFL quarterback, joining us this morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, also former USC Trojan, must say that. Um, (laughs) Matt, when you take a look at what the Patriots were able to do from an offensive standpoint under Bill Belichick, Josh McDaniel, Charlie Weiss, uh, Bill O'Brien, and now the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are doing something similar to that. Is it the same system that you ran in New England? It was very similar. I mean, I'd say this. Uh, I mean, when you watch the Tampa Bay Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense and you watch Brady, I mean, you, you know that they're not going to change a lot of this stuff. They're not going to start running sprint, sprint outs, and they're not going to be doing boots. Right there, a drop-back passing unit. They love to – live in 11 personnel, which is three wide receivers, one tight end. They'll get into some 12 personnel to set up their play action and their deep crossers, which we we definitely majored in when I was there with the Patriots. But at the same time, the one thing I'll say is you've got the same type of reads, right? You've got your half field reads where you're reading one side versus one coverage, the other side. You've got your progression reads. They love the deep crossing routes. But the one thing that Tampa Bay is taking advantage of is they're taking more shots, and deservedly so, with the guys that they have that they can go get the ball down the field, uh, whether it's You know, whether any of those guys out there, whether it's Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin, I mean, all those guys can go get the ball. So they take more shots than what kind of we did at the Patriots for the most part, other than when you look at the years that we had Randy Moss and some of those guys, because that's that's a strength of their team. So that's the one thing that it's changed. But within the structure of the offensive um, playbook, it's very similar in terms of the route concepts and what's being called conceptually. What what have you felt about Mac Jones so far, uh, Matt? I know you've been paying close attention up there at NBC Boston and paying attention to what Mac's development has been like. What have you thought thus far about the way he's performed? Yeah, you know what? He's been really impressive. And the one thing I'll say about him, anytime something bad goes on, like the, the guy doesn't blink, right? They threw an interception earlier in the first half. He comes right back and scores a touchdown. Other And then – the thing that he doesn't do is he doesn't make a lot of bonehead mistakes. And and the other part of it, he's been pressured throughout the course of this year and he's been hit constantly. He just picks himself back up and he's a guy that just continues to get better. And even last week during that game in the second half, they had, they had two holding penalties on one drive and took him back to first and 20. He hits the end cut to Kendrick Bourne, cuts in half, converts. Then the next, next series, I mean, with, with that first down, they get another holding penalty. They're second and 20. Again, hits a great throw to Kendrick Bourne to cut that in half and, and gets another first down. They're able to go down, put points on the board. I think that there was four or five lead changes in the second half alone. He answered every single time. And the other impressive part about last week, not just his stats, right? He's 31 for 41, 275 with two TDs. However, it was the just the entirety of the situation, right? He went out and they had to score. They had no run game. They ran for negative five yards in the first half, negative one yards total in the entire game. So there were, the run game was non-existent. Everything was on his shoulders 
to make sure that this team was in the ball game in the fourth quarter, and he put them in a position to kick a field goal to take the lead with 56 seconds left. So, I mean, if you're, if you're talking about just the way he competes, the way he plays, the way he sees the field, he's been nothing but impressive. That is Matt Castle, ladies and gentlemen. Matt, thank you for joining us this morning. Future head coach of the USC Trojans football team, Matt Castle. Uh-oh. Ooh, oh, like are you giving plug. him the job? I like oh, it. I'm ready, I'm, ready to throw, I'm ready to throw the kitchen sink at Luke Fickle over there at Cincinnati. Let's go. Wait a minute. Play are you hiring, Keith? They got it going. No, I'm not huh? hiring. I, just, I think he know. just hired Matt, is that what you want to do eventually? I think we're, I think we're hiring, right? Or is that what you're talking about, Key? Who yeah. are you hiring? I'm hiring you. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, I'm ready, dude. I'm ready. Let's go. Let's get these Trojans rolling. Thank you, Matt. All right, Matt. All right, you guys. Have a great one. As, as Sean, I would do, Jay Will and Max. athletic director speak and coach speak, we are certainly looking and casting a wide net for competent individuals that would like to coach at the University of Southern California. There's many qualified guys out there. We have not zeroed in on anyone at the present moment. We still are in the middle of the season. Oh, he's good. You're good. That was uh, cast a wide net, though. <laughs> Huge fight in Vegas. I'm heading out there uh, after my uh, TV show. I don't know this if you just heard in. about it. This just in. Just to see featuring me. me. Featuring uh, me. I'll give you the preview next. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. I'm I'm so old, this does sound like the comeback song to me. Oh, this isn't that? (laughs) No, yeah, it is. I'm saying. But I'm so old, I remember this. It's like, oh, yeah, it's his comeback song. That's That's like 30 years ago. (laughs) Yeah. LL. What were you doing? I got quick hands, man. The road to the World Series goes through ESPN Radio. You're in the gym, Jay? You're in the gym hitting the bags? Catch all the postseason action presented by AutoZone on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. A doubleheader today on ESPN Radio with the Astros and White Sox at 3.30 p.m. Eastern, followed by Red Sox and Rays. And this weekend on ESPN Plus pay-per-view at 9 p.m. Eastern, Fury Wilder 3. I'm going to give you a little preview of this fight, guys. Ready? First fight, Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury. 
They get in, they're both undefeated. Anthony Joshua, a consensus had formed around him as heavyweight champ because Fury had been off for a couple years. He had all kinds of problems after he reached the mountaintop. He outboxed Klitschko, won the heavyweight championship. But then he became obese, 400 pounds, had suicidal ideation, had drug issues, the whole thing. It looked like he was never going to fight again. In his absence, Anthony Joshua popped up, and he was kind of recognized as champ because he knocked Klitschko out. Then Tyson Fury thought, you know what? I'm going to get back. Lost the weight, had a couple meaningless like comeback fights just to tune up. And first thing, when he couldn't get the Joshua fight and everything, first thing he does, gets in the ring with Deontay Wilder. It's like, what are you doing? You just got back off this layoff. And outboxes Deontay the whole time. But one thing about Deontay Wilder, with his right hand, he's as big a puncher as anyone who ever lived. And knocks Fury down twice. Even though Fury got up in the 12th round from a big right hand, looks like he won the fight because he won all the other rounds. Too big. <laughs> they called it a draw. So Tyson Fury in the rematch said, okay, I'm going to go to Croc Gym. Croc Gym, where Tommy Hearns and them came out of. And mm-hmm. I'm going to learn I'm, I'm going to learn how to knock this dude out because I can't get a decision in the States. I'm from England. I can't get a decision here. Usually when a fighter does that, it's nonsense. He's not really going to change his style. He's just saying that as an excuse. Tyson Fury literally totally changed his style, walked Deontay Wilder down just five rounds, destroyed him. Now we got the rubber match. Wait, can I see? What, no, not how, a rubber match, the trilogy How fight. did he change his style? He okay. went from a slick boxer who looks like he's playing defense in the Matrix, Tyson Fury, to a guy who would walk Ooh. you down, rough you mm. up. Yeah, like, you know, he beat, look, he's got Deontay by 40 pounds. One thing I don't like about the, the, the narrative, as we say, going into the third fight, guys, is people act like Deontay's not special. Deontay Wilder is special. I'm sick of he can't box. Ask Bermain Stavern, who's a top 10 heavyweight, if yeah, Deontay could box. Bermain. He beat him on the jab and won twos with the right and the defense. He, he, he has his own style that suits his frame, long, lanky frame. And, and the fact that he chases around, he knocked out King Kong Ortiz twice. Luis Ortiz is a six foot four southpaw, came from Cuba, deep Cuban amateur background, fast hands, crazy mm-hmm. power. Knocked him out. Yeah. Deontay knocked him out, gave up 20, 30 pounds to knock him out. Deontay's a special fighter. But, but he's fighting another special fighter who's got him by 40 yeah. pounds and, then when and you has look already at, stopped But then him. think about it. When you look at Fury, he, Fury, he can move. He can do yeah. all those sort That's of things. Right. It's like you, the Matrix. Why That's are right. you moving like that? Because I'm doing the Key, I showed you some Tyson. Boxing watch moves. this. Watch this. I showed Key some Tyson Fury defense. What'd you think? Uh, it didn't look real. I mean, this dude was too big, though. He was moving out the way, and it looked like they was going in slow motion, and he just just bobbing and weaving. The dude was sticking and moving, and he was just moving. I was like, ain't no way in the world he's getting out of the way of them punches. It's crazy that when you see Fury like duck and move, like it doesn't. It just feels like it's slow, but I guess in real time... It, that's what I'm saying. That's what it looks like. But in real time, slow. it's not, though, because you're ringside. It's I've always said this before. Like When I see Mike Tyson fighting ringside, is different than watching Mike Tyson fight when you're back at home. It's like any live sporting event. Tyson Fury's quick. So is Deontay Wilder. They both have some fast twitches, big, but they're so, Tyson Fury, to be as agile as he is at 6'9", 260-plus, it's insane. could have been a good hooper. Think he could have been a good hooper? Would have been a physical hooper. But he had the cup already. Six nine, I guess six nine. Plenty of six nine dudes. But see, he he has good feet, and I don't know if that translates to run up and down the court. But I mean, his his feet, he could dance, man. Yep. Him or the sure. Joker. He could dance. Him or the Joker. So you can't pick the fight, Max. Well, I mean, look. Yeah, he could pick. There's a reason Tyson Fury is the favorite. I thought Tyson Fury won the first fight, and he really wasn't the best version of himself. He destroyed. 
Deontay in the second fight. And Deontay's excuse after the fight was he came into the ring wearing a 40-pound costume and everything. Right? Remember, he had this yeah, whole get-up. Yeah, right? And I feel like saying, like, Deontay, who, again, I want to be clear, Deontay is special. I'm sick of this Deontay slander. He's special. But, but. Deontay, it's not the 40-pound bodysuit. Yeah. It's the 40-pound bodysuit the, the other, other dude has on naturally. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's not Too a big. fair fight yeah. when you're talking about the biggest dude in the world who's also the best boxer. Why you can't pick the fight? I mean, I could pick it, I'm, yeah, I'm, but I'm working the fight. I wouldn't put him, I, w- I didn't want to play daily wager on the fight yeah. since I don't so want to give the opinion. Tyson Fury, I'm picking a win. Oh. I've seen the fight twice. I thought he won both times, and the second time he stopped him. Other than Deontay Wilder, is there anyone that can beat Tyson Fury? I don't see him out there, but as you guys know, so big, the big. difference between at the highest level, <laughs> where we all think that team is unbeatable and losing to be a, somebody. You got to be on somewhere. your game. Yeah, He's in the gym somewhere. there are guys somewhere who have the right style yeah. on the right night, and the and the heavyweight division has some talent right now. It's just Tyson Fury is so. By the way, he got a lot of heart too, so, Tyson Fury. So somebody like Lennox Lewis, yeah. when he in his day against Tyson. You, it's funny you bring up Lennox, the one dude who I look at and go, that guy may have been even at Tyson's size a little too much for but him. Lennox Lewis was big. Lennox big boy, was six five two fifty. And he and but he rocked them. And yeah, he had he had the crazy power, fast twitchies, boxing skills. Lennox was the complete package, and also had he was he had a mean streak. People don't know because mm-hmm. he had some fights there where he took it easy. But Lennox, if if <laughs> if you got under Lennox's skin, he's looking to hurt you. What do you mean, yeah. me and you, right now? Let's go. Have you ever boxed? No. I would love to spar with Key. Mm. Max, I would love it. ain't going to spar. I'm one here to quit it. You done. You ain't going to hit me. I've been boxing since I've been 13. You ain't going to hit me. Mm. You should go I, I don't, I don't know boxing like Max, ring. but I guarantee you, you ain't going to hit me. Where you laughing, Jay Will and Max. <laughs> he going to try to scare me when I've been boxing Radio. since I was 13. Okay. He don't know what I do. Can we arrange this, next. please? Can we arrange this? Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.